0: On the 15th floor of the Energy Building, this is GNR Airtime, the podcast that explores the current trends from emerging and well-established industries hosted by the lawyers of GNR. This podcast is for general guidance only and does not constitute definitive advice.
1: Welcome back to GNR Airtime. My name is Bogus Uchaksono and for this week's episode, we are going to be talking about private placement. Before we jump into introducing our speakers for this week's episode, for those of you who are not familiar with private placement, it is basically in a very brief explanation, a funding round of a company could be in the form of a sale of stocks, bonds, or even securities. These private placements are directed to private investors rather than as part of a public offerings. So again, I'm very lucky to be joined by the experts of this particular areas, we have none other than Hagen Rexodiputro, our partner, and Muhammad Andrew, our counsel. Hi, everyone. Welcome.
0: Hi, bagus. Hi, 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 hi bagus. Hi, hi, morning.
1: So good. Good morning. So good to have everyone here. So let's jump into the discussion. There was already a regulation issued by the Financial Authority or OJK on private placement for the Indonesian market. So, could you give us a general overview of this regulation?
2: Sure, thanks Bagus. So, yep, there is a rule, the new rule. This new rule was issued in November last year, but the provisions of it just kicks in in about early last month. So, this rule is basically covering the transactions which involve an issuance of debt securities or SUKUK, i.e. Islamic financing through a capital Mm -hmm. markets, which are not issued under a public offering scheme, uh, or in other words, as a, in a private placement basis. Mm-hmm. So the rule is intended to basically regulate domestic private placement uh, transactions, notably, and also to monitor uh, debt capital markets exposure, essentially. Um, in the past, uh, we can say that there had been no specific regulation governing private placement transactions until OJK issued this new rule. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, just to give you a bit of color, uh, the rule was issued in 2019, but you know what, as of 31st December 2018, mm-hmm. the total medium term notes value under Kasei custody was reported to be more than 75 trillion rupiah or around 5 billion US dollar. Um, just for
1: context, that's a huge number, right?
2: Huge number, yeah. Most, if not all, these transactions were issued on a private placement basis, Mm -hmm. which terms and documentation had been driven by a so-called generally accepted market practice. So, as you said, quite a huge amount of monies Mm -hmm. for something that were not regulated so this was a big elephant in the room in our capital markets ecosystem also there were lots of cases regarding private placement mtns which made ojk to be on the hook for something they didn't aware or supervise but that's why the OJK issued this new rule. So in short, the objective of the new rules are to regulate something that were not regulated in the past mm-hmm. and to monitor private placement
1: debt exposure in the capital markets. I see, I see. Okay. That's the perfect opening of this discussion. So we're going to be peeling the OJK regulation. And for this discussion, we're going to refer it by P O J K thirty because it's easier that way. So uh Paharu, what were some of the issues and concerns in the market with regards to the implementation? of this regulation specifically in connection with placements of global uh, debt securities
0: well um we have been monitoring the implementation of this POJK 30 since it was issued last year this POJK 30 uh, creates practical uncertainties for certain debt securities the market participants have expressed concerns particularly in the context of private placement of global debt securities issued under Rule 144A, or uh, Regulation S of the U.S. Securities Act, and also pre-IPO convertible bonds or other debt securities that include bilateral bonds and notes that are issued to Indonesian investors. So let me analyze the issues. Right. Okay. POJK 30 applies to practically all Indonesian issuers other than the Indonesian sovereign. The regulation applies to any issuers, such as public and non-public companies, supranational institutions or collective investment contracts. Bond issued in MTNs, Sharia programs, standalone bonds, perpetual notes, or any other debt securities, they will fall under this rule. If it has a size of at least 1 billion rupiah, that is approximately 90,000 US dollars, and it has a maturity of more than one year, or it has a maturity of less than one year, but is not subject to review or supervision by any authority in Indonesia. So for the issuance of those debt securities, POJK 30 requires the issuer to submit all relevant transaction documentation to OJK by no later than 30 calendar days prior to the issue of the debt securities.
1: So I was looking at the regulation earlier, and apparently there is no requirement for OJK to provide comments or provide feedbacks on the transaction documents that we usually submit. So, does the regulation set out certain requirements for private placement?
0: Although there's no requirement for OJK to comment or to provide feedback on the transaction document submitted, POJK-30 sets out certain requirements for private placement. Number one, the clearing and settlement system for the debt securities must be PT, uh, Custodian Central Efek Indonesia, the same. Okay. Two, only licensed securities brokers with OJK may participate as arranging banks or private placement agents. Three, the security holders would have to be represented by a monitoring agent that is licensed as Wali Amanat by OJK. Four, that securities can only be purchased and subscribed by professional investors. This term is defined in this rule. And the content of the offering document must be similar to Indonesian local bond These requirements would would have represented a substantial departure from the way in which global bonds or other bilateral hybrid debt securities are customarily conducted for companies based in Indonesia. So it was unclear to what extent it would have been feasible for the cross-border market to adapt to this. So those are the issues.
1: So... uh for this issue, but in response to those issues that you just mentioned, I learned that the Capital Market Executive Chairman of the OJK has recently issued a letter on the implementation of this particular regulation, the POJK 30. Perhaps you could take us through how the, the letter clarifies and addresses the issues arising from the regulation that I just mentioned.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, due to the uncertainty and then again uh, about the practicality of these regulations, uh, many market participants asked for clarification to the OJK, including us. Uh-huh. Uh, Paharun and myself uh, have formally conveyed our view to the OJK and requested an official clarification from them. But instead of promptly amending the new rule, which might seem to be premature, and we shed sympathy to that, uh-huh. OJK tends to give a written clarification to the public on the applicability of the rule for global bonds uh-huh. in particular. So. In the clarification letter, uh, OJK said that uh, global bonds will be exempted from the requirements under this POJK 30 if they are issued only to investors outside Indonesia and are not offered to any Indonesian investors, i.e. Indonesian citizen, Indonesian institution, or any other Indonesian legal entities. But the OJK clarification letter does not address about the hybrid securities issued bilaterally, as uh, Paharun mentioned, like the convertible bonds, perpetual bonds, uh, still silence in the clarification letter. And uh, the letter also indicates that OJK retains uh, the residual discretion to order an issuer to comply with the rule, although Uh, it's still unclear what parameters OJK will apply in so doing. So uh, I think uh, given the recency of the OJK letter, uh, again, it remains to be seen how it will be implemented by the OJK. Nonetheless, uh, we believe that it is reasonable to assume that as long as the private placement uh, global bonds are structured in accordance with the stated exemption as provided under the letter, mm-hmm. uh, the OJK would be less likely to exercise its residual discretion. But again, this is something that a good thing or good outcome from the OJK.
1: Okay, thank you for that. So, Pak now that we have the regulation issued and effective, and uh, we now also have the OJK letter, going forward, how would the implementation of these two documents affect the market practice in Indonesia?
0: Well, I think that is the question that was asked by many people and many professionals in the market and as well as the issuers. First of all, the OJK letter give an indication as to OJK approach in implementing POJK 30 with respect to global bonds only. It seems that at this point in time, there is no intention to disrupt the accepted customary international market practice for Mm. private placement of global bonds. However, the POJK 30 will result in more stringent offering and selling restriction for global bonds. And this is is very important for the marketing of the global bond. To comply with the exemption under OJK letter, existing market practices of offering to fewer than 100 Indonesian investors and allocating to fewer than 50 Indonesian investors will no longer be permissible regardless of the jurisdiction in which those Indonesian investors reside. So issuer and arranging bank or private placement agents, they should not offer or sell any part of global bond to Indonesian investors. So that's one of the, the, the concept. Further, I think transaction documentation for global bonds offering, that includes existing MTM program, will need to update the Indonesian selling restrictions restriction language consider additional disclosure with regard to POJK 30 in offering documents and seek updated representations and warranties from transaction parties POJK 30 might have additional unintended consequences on relatively common transaction structures in Indonesia uh, this is interesting mm-hmm. and I think important for for a lot of private companies for example if pre IPO convertible bonds or Other than securities, such as bilateral bonds and notes are issued to Indonesian investors. For whatever reason, such as financing or structuring, they could potentially be subject to this rule.
1: So are we expecting any future development or uh, anything on the pipeline?
0: So at this point, we continue monitoring how market practice will develop with regard to these issues. Um, And it is possible that OJK will issue additional implementing regulation to address the concern that we just discussed
1: right thank you so much pa so i guess to sum it up what we can do now is obviously as you just mentioned monitor the development hoping that OJK will issue one way or another implementing regulation to address the various concerns again and obviously moving forward we take into consideration everything that we just discussed from process and the various requirements i think it's also important to clarify that the various provisions stipulated under DPOJK 30 actually only applies to the various debt securities that we just discussed and not to the issuance of shares I think this is one of the questions that often pops up in the discussion of this pojk 30 yes so that's this has been a very interesting discussion Har and Manju thank you so much for joining us in this episode of jenna Earth time we look forward to be discussing with you again thank, thank, you, you, you.
0: thank you thank you look forward everyone. to joining again
1: amazing perfect so everyone thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode with Jenna Earth time we will see you again in the next episode take care